is Saturday night, another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, what's going on? How's your week been? Very long, my friend. I very well. The the amount of um of wrestling that I watched in order to prep for this show. Now now you did me a favor right before we came on the air, but but that does not negate the fact that I watched it in preparation for this show. Now we decided not to cover the NJPW New Year's Dash show because um, because you know, Did you watch that, yes. Oh, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting you to watch that. I, I just I just decided to like uh, run down the cards since it was I had it right here in front of me. I wasn't expecting oh. you to watch it. Oh, well, well, okay. Well, then that was a miscommunication because I, I, I spent all three hours watching it. So. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, yes, so in, in addition to that, I also watched NXT. So I watched five extra hours of stuff. So all together, it was, it was 12 hours of material that I watched for uh, tonight's show. But... Um, no harm, no foul, but, you know, I, I'm glad that we're uh, removing uh, New Year's Dash from the show. Not, yeah. not, not because it was a bad show, it absolutely was not. Actually, both Will Ospreay and uh, Kenny Omega both show up, which shocked the shit out of me, I can assure you, um, after their matches at Wrestle Kingdom. But, um, you know, it'll just cut the show down a little bit, and... Um, Last week, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, off off air, I'm gonna send you a collection of NJPW posters I I created for all the Wrestle Kingdoms one seventeen. Well, and and that's awesome, and 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 we have made the the decision together um, to cover njpw not all the time now because that's just way too much but um we are going to cover the wrestle kingdoms and then obviously we're going to cover um mercedes monet because she's all about the monet even though she can't dance for shit <laughs> did you did you see did you see that video of her dancing to her new theme song no the Mercedes, I love you. Don't have a word to say against you, but you cannot dance worth a shit. <laughs> I, I have her new theme. I put, I added it to the playlist. Which, which I'm not knocking you. I'm, I'm not knocking you for that either, because Lord knows I can't dance because I'm in a wheelchair. But you know, good Lord. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that, that that video of her dancing to that um, turn this theme was just physically painful to witness. Uh, <laughs> All right, so um, we have um, we have the usual feed tonight. We have Raw, NXT, AEW, and SmackDown. In addition to that, we have news uh, that which we're gonna start off with. Plus. We have Wrestling Roulette, and I have a video I'm going to play for you. I found on TikTok this one person decided to put together who they feel should be in the Hall of Fame. And we have the PWI Year-End Awards. Very good. It seems like we have a very good show for you. So, I see we start off with uh, this news that you were telling me about off-air. 
Absolutely. It, it seems to tie in very well with um, with all the Vince coverage that we did last week coming off of the shit show that last week turned out to be with his return to the board of directors. Um, we, we, uh, be sorry, before you go on, um, what I wanted to do is last night's show that I recorded with uh, Clay and Tony, I wanted to go back and listen to it because we played a piece of audio pertaining to that whole uh, mess from last week. And uh, this one person on TikTok was uh, giving their point of view on everything that went down. Okay, well, then I, I'm, you have my curiosity peaked at this point. So yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we call in the news business an effective tease. Well done, Elio. Very good. And that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Very good. Yes, pulling out, pulling out your inner Paul Heyman for the show. You are raring, you are raring to go this evening. I like it, but um, but yeah. So it should come as a surprise to nobody that Vince is full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I, be, I believe on, on on last week you even and I was so proud of you for this. <laughs> I was I was uh, I, I believe well, when I said me. Vince's eyes are brown. Yes. <laughs> um, because I, I mean, I almost fell onto my dash when you said that. That was just hilarious. Um, because, you know, if you guys listened to the show last week, and I, I mean this in all seriousness, I'm going to try to get through this without laughing. Um, but b- before I read Stephanie's announcement and, and um, the reaction to that, um, if you listen to last week's show, we read the um, back and forth exchange between Vince and the board of directors, which all which ultimately culminated in Vince steamrolling them and um, very quickly arranging his return to the the board of directors and his uh, position as chairman. Far more entertaining than Andy Kaufman's story time. Exactly, and and see the the thing is, folks. You know, I always try to be professional on the show, and Elio does too. But I I must confess, I think we were we were very blatantly unsuccessful in our attempts last week to take Vince seriously and to take this um story seriously, um because. Um, and I'm not sure whether I should apologize for that or not, but, but you know, as because as we were reading these emails going back and forth, both Elliot and I were laughing ourselves into fits because because as as Elio so eloquently stated, Vince's eyes are brown um, <laughs> because he's so full of shit, um, you know, and and, and because of that. Um, it, it came as absolutely no shock to me that that Stephanie said, um, fuck, "Fuck this, I'm out of here," and and uh, and left WWE a very short time later. Um, and now, uh, so speaking on Stephanie, she also just uh, had ankle surgery. Yes, yeah, so she's had quite the. Um, Quite the uh, eventful week, and we and we certainly wish her a very speedy recovery from that uh, from that surgery, 
as well as all the damage her father has done um, to her uh, to her company and um, presumably her family as well. Because I can. But, only... but then I had to throw in a few comments on uh, TikTok with everyone um, uh, get, um, making their own uh, predictions on what's going to happen since uh, that other story turned out to be false. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I'm so glad you brought that up. Hold on to that, cause, cause I want to get into that after, after I read this, this statement from okay. Stephanie. But let, let me just All read right. this before we get Go too ahead. deep into this. So okay. Stephanie obviously left, which for some reason caused a lot of shock amongst a lot of people on social media. I, for one, was not shocked because, you know, this is just Vince, and you know, Vince deserves this kind of shit to happen and for the shit he pulled. But anyway, her statement reads as follows. Dear WWE Universe, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence within it, and within a few weeks, unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as co-CEO and chairman of the board of WWE. I cannot put it into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I have known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Okay. First of all, before all of this, do you even know who Nick Khan was? Uh... Uh, apparent, apparently, he was The Rock's boyhood friend. That's all I knew about him. I um, don't even know who this guy was before he uh, took over a CEO or whatever. But, um, our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an, an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. <laughs> her, her, her ability to turn, to turn her phrase is remarkable. Um, uh, and with Nick's leadership and Paul Levesque as chief content officer, I am confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. Um... Stephanie, I love you, but, but, you know, and I understand that this is your father, but your ability to, 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 to write this with rose colored glasses on or, or to make it, to make it appear as if you have rose colored glasses on is remarkable. Cause I know you see right through your father's bullshit, but I, I, I admire your ability to publish shit the way that you're <laughs> The way that you're doing this letter, because I I know I know you see right through your father, so that's why that's why I'm not absolutely ripping you apart for this, because the fact that the the fact that you left the company after your father pulled all the shit he he pulled has increased my respect for you tenfold. Um. So I just I just want that it, I just want that to be made clear. That is the reason why I'm not ripping uh, Stephanie McMahon a new one for this letter because I know exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she continues, I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a little kid as a pure fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company, our employees, our superstars, and our fans, and I am grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Uh, ben, now, forever together, Steph. Uh, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, that, that was just the ending. But, um, God, stop using the company's signature to end the letter. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. But then, then, both, both Vince and, um, Stephanie and Nick Khan release follow-up statements to her release. I'll start with, with Vince. First, I'd like to express my full support for Stephanie's personal decision. Um, I'll forever be grateful that she offered to step in during my absence, and I am truly proud of the job she did co-leading WWE. Stephanie has always been the ultimate ambassador for our company, and her decades of contributions have left an immeasurable impact on our brand. I'm proud to announce that Nick Khan will serve as WWE CEO. Nick's business acumen and mastery of the media industry have helped catapult our, our business to record revenue and profit, profitability. Revenue and profitability are the same thing, you fucking girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Just stop talking. God. Stop. Your, your, level of, your level of redundancy is staggering. Jesus Christ. Um to get together um together we look forward to working with the board at this critical moment in time to review our strategic alternatives and maximize value for all the WWE shareholders. That that ends his statement, but might I add the very board that he is so looking forward to working with is the same board that he single-handedly decimated. In 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 two days upon his his announcement to return and then his his ultimate return, because I stated this last week, but let let me let me just let me just cut this down for you really simply. He removed, in effect, five people from the board of directors. Wow! Within the blink of an eye, he removed the three people. To bring in, um, to bring in the two presidents that he previously fired, to get him to get himself back on the board of of, of directors as executive chairman, and then two people who who very well, ladies and gentlemen, may may be cut from the same old as Vince. They could be the biggest piece of shit business people. That that you you or I have ever seen. I don't know anything about them. All I can say is that is that of anybody involved in this mess that Vince has created, those two people that left of their own accord, plus Stephanie, those three individuals are the smartest people in this whole situation because they're the ones that said, "Fuck it, we're getting off of this thinking ship." 
you know, it, it, so so those three people came off looking very intelligent at the end of this. Um. So um. So then, then Nick Khan follows up Vance by saying, Stephanie McMahon is a terrific executive and an even better person. It has been an honor to serve as co-CEO with her. She will only continue to succeed. I'm grateful to Vince McMahon and our board of directors for their ongoing support. I look forward to continuing to work closely with them and my WWE colleagues to ensure our company may thrive as the premier powerhouse in sports entertainment for years to come. Give me, give me, give me as it goes as it goes down in in, in a spectacular blaze of fire and, and you know as it gets destroyed based off what Vince is doing. Okay, uh, maybe I'm adding my own two cents and having a little bit too much fun with this. Moving on. Um. But, but, but then uh, Stephanie follows up both of those by saying, I cannot put into words how proud I am to have helped lead what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, and I am confident WWE is in the perfect position to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for our sh- to our shareholders. Oh, my God. If, if I have to hear the word shareholders one more time, I'm going to puke because if I had to play a drinking game every time I heard the term shareholders, I think we'd be dead. What do you think of these of these statements, Elio? I don't need, I have no words. I mean, uh, <laughs> the stupidity from coming from Vince McMahon uh, it's astounding. It's like just stop. And then now he's uh, he started. Um, he now apparently he started uh, sending emails or letters out to different departments, telling them that, that they're doing everything wrong. Oh God! Well, if indeed that report is true, which which for some reason I don't doubt. Um. Are we surprised at all that that's taking place? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I just want this guy to, like, go away. Just I, I know. It, it, it would be the best for everybody involved. As, as we and, and I, know, I know I saw a video on TikTok earlier. Uh, someone was saying, breaking news, Brock Lesnar would only want Vince McMahon to book his matches. Vince can't do shit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> see, see I, I, I love this, you know, because in, in, in the early days of our podcast, and, he, and even now, you have typically been the more reserved of the two of us, and I have been the somewhat driver of the conversations, and then, you know, I, I, I make you more colorful. But this particular story has made you more colorful in and of itself. I don't even have to, I don't even have to, to ask you your opinions before you say, Vince is full of shit. (laughs) I absolutely love that. And, um, and this is perfect uh, timing on the, um, on the uh, virtual producers countdown um, to send us to commercial because we are finally done 
talking about Vince and all his shenanigans, and he will not be mentioned for the duration of the rest of this show, I promise you. In fact, I, I have some, I have just a perfect, uh, the, just a perfect segment to get us out of, away from all of that. I have the PWI Year-End Awards for 2022. Very good. And so we will, um, we will enjoy those and, and all of Elio's uh, thoughts about that upon our return in just one second. All right, and we are back. We are going to get away from Vince's verbal diarrhea. Ah, such a such a lovely visual, but yeah, I've never been so excited for something. <laughs> the beast bed. I picked up the April edition of PWI the other day. What? And wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, how, in all seriousness, how did you get the April edition? Because it's barely it's it's only January, so how do they have the, the April edition out already? I think they, uh, I don't know how it works, but I think they publish like, they publish like uh, one or two months ahead because last year I, in October, I had the PWI 500, then I had the PWI women's uh, 50. Oh, okay. So I think it's like a publishing thing where they publish one or two months ahead because I, I get a notification on my iPad every time the new issue is available. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. So we have the PWI Year in the Awards for 2022. Oh, Lord, here we go. Yes, I am. All right, the first award is Rookie of the Year. And the runners-up are Logan Paul, Paige Vincent, and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, what? Paige Vincent? Yes, from her AEW uh, appearance. Um, okay. <laughs> However, the winner with 53% is Hook. Yes. Well, and, and as we, um, as we discuss off the air, um, last, I believe it was either last night or the night before, um, you know, my, my vote went to Logan Paul, but, but I also understand that from a full-time, uh, wrestling perspective, it's kind of hard not to go for hook. All right, next we have the most improved wrestler of the year, and runners-up are Mad Cat Moss, Julia Hart, and 2.0. Oh my, they are really scraping the bottom of the barrel there, huh? The winner with 33% is Mandy Rose. Okay, all right, that's decent. Next, we have the comeback of the year. The runners-up are Bailey, Johnny Gargano, and Alexa Bliss. This one, yeah. this one is really confusing because with 20%, the comeback of the year goes to Taya Valkyrie. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, um, help me understand that one a little bit. Do you have any kind of... Um, 
I really have nothing more. I just have Wes in front of me with the comeback of the year. Let me see if. Well, apparently it says one title wasn't enough for the veteran, though in May, Valkyrie won the inaugural MLW Women's World Featherweight Championship in a brutal battle with another vet of the women's wrestling scene, Holly Dead. In impact, she managed two reigns with the Knockouts World Tag Title teaming with Rosemary and Jessica. All told, Valkyrie spent her 2022 competing for more than 20 different wrestling promotions, endeavoring to prove she would not be sidelined nor ignored. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I still, you know, don't agree, but okay. Oh, and uh, towards the end, I have uh, the towards the end of the show, I have results from Impact's pay-per-view from last night, Hard to Kill. Oh, all right. Yeah, I did see that that took place. Yeah. You see how terrible of a job they do of promoting their pay-per-views? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I don't watch Impact yeah. to begin with, so Next. either way, it doesn't really matter to me. Next, we have Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. Runner-ups are Lynn Morgan, Joe Doring, and Josh Alexander, both from Impact Wrestling. Oh, Lord. With 32%, the most inspirational wrestler of the year goes to John Moxley. Well, and, and that, I, that I have no problem with. Next is the most popular wrestler of the year. So runner-ups are Roman Reigns, CM Punk, and Bianca Belair. I, I'm su- I'm surprised I'm surprised um, CM Punk didn't win, but you know, okay. With thirty with thirty two percent, the most popular wrestler of the year is John Moxley. Um. Well, I certainly understand why. Um. You know, I mean, look at the year he's had. But for for me, my my vote would have been like FTR or like CM Punk. Next, we have the most hated wrestler of the year. Runner-ups, Roman Reigns, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. Ooh, who actually won it? The winner with 49%, MJF. Well, okay. All right, yep, that's perfectly... I'm cool with that, yep. For Feud of the Year, we have Blackpool Combat Club, versus Jericho Appreciation Society, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, and Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, okay, who won? With 27%, the few of the year goes to MJF versus CM Punk. Wow. I mean, I mean, it had potential to be, but I don't... Considering how everything turned turned out and you know what went down, I, you know I don't think it ever lived up to to that yeah. capa- capability. Do you? No. This next one is also confusing. The Independent Wrestler of the Year. 
the runner-up, Ali Hatch, Trish Adora, and Giuseppe Gambini. The Independent Wrestler of the Year goes to Matt Cardona with 42%. Oh, fuck off. You know, <laughs> just stop it. And, you know, and, 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 and the last wrestler you mentioned before you announced the winner of that category, I, I don't, I'm not sure I've even heard of them. No, like I heard the name Trish Adora. She, she, I heard that name on the Independent Circuit. But the other two, yeah, I've never heard of. Yeah, Trish Adora, I've heard of, but the other two, I don't think so. All right, next is the match of the year. And we have Gunther versus Sheamus from Clash of the Castle. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam. The Briscoes versus FTR. Which which one? Uh, the April the 1st. I'm guessing that's what we covered, Supercard of Honor. Yeah. Okay, well... Well, I'll tell you what. If the Briscoes versus FTR didn't win that motherfucker, <laughs> this conversation's done. Well, the match of the year goes to Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. Well, that, that's understandable given how injured he is. But Jesus no, 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 no. no. PWL, we have an issue here. Why, why, why are you angering my clothes? I mean, you, you should see my, my underneath my desk, my feet are flipping. And it, uh, you, are, you, just, you know, I'm flipping you off of my feet, for God's sake. I mean, what is this? Okay, next is a fact of the year. This one you'll agree with. Yes. So, runner-ups, Blackpool Combat Club, Jericho Appreciation Society, and the Bullet Club. With 48%, the faction of the year is the bloodline. Uh, yeah, far and away. No doubt there. Tag team of the year. Runner-ups, the Usos, the Acclaimed, and the Motor City Machine Guns. If FTR didn't win, we're going to have an episode live on the podcast. With 42%, the tag team of the year is FTR. With only 42%, you know, just fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get match of the year, and they only got 42% of the vote. Whoa. Next, we have Woman of the Year. And we have Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, and Jade Cargill. Oh, for fuck's sake. The Woman of the Year with 21% goes to Bianca Belair. Okay, well, at least Jade Cargill didn't win. If Jade Cargill didn't win, I was going to have to turn off the rest of this podcast. And the last award is for Wrestler of the Year. We have John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, and Bianca Belair. With 34%. Sorry, go on. What? Whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) You mean to tell me 
live on my own show that Bianca is being considered for wrestler of the year. Yes. Uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> these these headphones fuck with the with the, with the with the sound that goes in and out of my ear. Hang on one sec. <laughs> oh no. Okay, fans. My co-host is uh having issues with his headphones. I'm sorry, say that again. Oh, you want me to Bianca Belair? She's uh, in the runner-up for wrestler of the year. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, while my co-host puts his headphones back on, I will announce the winner for wrestler of the year. Oh, God. With 34%. All right, are we are we good? Yeah. With thirty four percent, the rest of the year goes to Roman Reigns. Well, no surprise there, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> I I still want to know on what pl- and and no disrespect to Bianca Belair whatsoever, none. I have no problem. But what has she done to warrant consideration for wrestler of the year? I honestly want to know. Uh, I do not know. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. And then, of course, they have the official, unoffic- the unofficial official awards, which is made up by the readers and uh, who submit them into the magazine. So that is all we have for the uh, PWI Year End Awards. Okay, well, that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> and now we're going to get into this week in wrestling. And uh, first off, we have Monday Night Raw. Yes, sir. Do you want, do you want to take that or should I? I, I raw. You know what? You know what? I'll do Raw, and the next thing you can do AEW and SmackDown. Very good. We can do that. All right, so um, unlike uh, past weeks of uh, Monday Night Raw, this one was just not that great. It it was really bad. I mean, I gave it to Solo Sokoa, Dolph Ziggler, and the Tag Team Turmoil. The rest of it was just in the middle. I I one hundred percent agree, and and even though let me let me just say something, folks. Even though I I one hundred percent agree with your your picks for high points. Um, can I ask you a question about the tag team turmoil match? All right. Why do you think it had to take up the the better part of an hour? I have no idea why some of these matches, like even on SmackDown, when they have when they have a gauntlet match, it takes up like a majority of the show. Because because according to according to the the review that I'm looking at, the time that they have on this now I now before I announce this, folks, let me just let me just say this, okay. So I we have talked about the fact that one of the major drawbacks from Monday Night Raw 
is the simple fact that it's three hours long, which makes it very hard to sit through. Mm-hmm. That that that's just the the way it is. So I partially I understand why they have to do this sometimes. But that being said, I think when you have any match that goes forty eight nineteen and it, it is not a bonafide drop dead unquestionable classic, it's gonna drag. Okay? And and yes, was the right decision made with Judgment Day winning? Yeah. I like that. Um even with even with um with faux thug Dominic. <laughs> oh my god. His acting is terrible. Come on. But, but, but you can't blame him. Hard time does that to a man. Uh, oh my god. With with the with, with the teardrop tattoo nonetheless. You know, good lord. Um you know, I'm 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 actually very I'm actually very very good friends with a professional tattoo artist who legitimately is one of the best in the state with where I live, um, and it's it is, and I always talk to him about the the shit that we see people get tattooed. Now, now, granted, we know that the teardrop is fake, but c- considering cons- considering the the access that Dom has to to getting good tattoos, um, you know, because I I do think he has he has some some cool stuff. I'm not a fan of all of it, but I I do think he has some really good stuff. Um, especially the 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 newer piece he has on his upper arm, but I mean, the, you know, but this this teardrop thing, even even for comedy's sake, it just, you know, it's just um, it's absolutely comical, and it, but but you know, and and not not and not that I'm politically correct, and I'm not I'm don't don't get me wrong, people, but. I'm not. I'm not calling it out because of, of sensitivity or anything like that. But I know that they're going for comedy here with with Dominic and 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 the teardrop tattoo. And I got it. I laugh my ass off. Don't get me wrong. But um, the reason why I bring up professional tattooers and knowing what things mean in the tattoo world. For somebody that has a teardrop tattoo, that can mean one of two things. Either you're mourning somebody who died, or or most commonly, you're a convicted murderer. Who <laughs> <laughs> did Dominic, well, I guess, well, in a way, Dominic is, because he killed his relationship with his father. <laughs> well, well, there's that. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, but it's just, you know, it's just <laughs> to, to have him come out looking like a looking like a cholo wannabe. <laughs> it's just, it's just was, absolutely... yeah, that was. Just... It was hilarious, but you know, what, whatever. Anyway, um. 
But yeah, I mean, you know, but getting back to the other high point, Solo Sokoa is really growing on me. I know I've talked about that um, a, a few times. Oh, by the um, way, sorry, did I um, tell you the last week's fantasy match? Uh, I saw I saw it on. Um, I think it was Clay's. Um, okay, it was a Solo Sokoa Umaga. Yeah, yeah, one. Well, that doesn't surprise me. 52 to 48. Well, that was a close one, too. Yeah. Shit. That's closer than I thought it would be. And I liked, I liked, I liked um, the one for this week. I also saw the one for this week. Roman Reigns versus Gunther. I have Gunther. Yeah. I, so, oh, so you put... So you... Oh, no, the match was already made, uh, but it's me and Clay and... Uh, we had to guess a number between one and ten, and the one who was closest got to pick first. So I got uh, it's uh, Intercontinental Champion versus Heavyweight Champion. I got Gunther, and he has Roman Reigns. So yeah, but you know, to be honest with you, I'm picking Gunther to win that match. Uh, honestly, but um, getting back to Monday Night Raw, yeah, yeah. The re- the rest of this outside of Solo Sokoa versus Dolph and um and the uh, tag team gauntlet match the rest of this was just awful it, it really it really was um you know it, I I I really I really don't I really don't understand why they would have Baron Corbin versus Kevin Owens yeah. Um, that was just so. That was weird, and I, I'm just I'm tired of JBL. Yeah, he he's he his his stick doesn't work nowadays. No, it it just really doesn't. Maybe in 2005, but uh, not in 2023. Um, and I thought Candice LeRae versus Rhea Ripley was extremely underwhelming. That was another low point for me. Um. You know, th- this just wasn't very good. No. And and what the hell is going on with with Mia Yim and her nickname? They they announce her as Mi Chin Mia Yim. They they have her on the graphic as Mi Chin. Yeah, what is it? I, I I don't like. I hate that name. It's annoying. It's calling Mia Yim. Yeah, but like even the matches. That she's had since she's come back, they are not reflective of her talent, and it drives me absolutely nuts. You know, it just like how I mean, Bailey versus Mia Yim, it should be a good match, mm-hmm. but it, it just it barely, it barely gets into the steam in this round for me. It's just, what was the point of it? I mean, even okay, and I'm just reading this as as I'm go as I'm going through this down this review to find high points and low points. So even even the reviewer um, says this. This wasn't the most interesting, but Bailey needed the win to keep her strong for the real showdown with Becky. The action. Oh, was... I have a question. Yeah. 
What was with Bailey's hair? Holy jeez. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> that, that, that's another... That's not, that, that wasn't a hair, dude. It's a hair don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well played, sir. Um, but um, the action was okay enough, though having a break in the middle of an eight-minute match is a bit much to take. Thank you very much. It also doesn't help when the most interesting part of the match is figuring out if it's Mia Yim or Mi Chen. Thank you. Exactly what I just said. So, you know, I had had told you, um, even before you watched Raw, um, I think you watch it on Tuesdays, I do good because I go out on Monday nights, uh, and um, when I get home, I just uh, chill out and relax, and and I don't I don't have the patience to sit through commercials. Uh, that's all right, but you know I told you that this was going to be the shortest Monday Night Raw review in the history of the show, and I'm because the show stuck, and quite frankly, I'm done with this review of Monday Night Raw. You got anything else? Nope. Let's move on to New Year's Evil, which again, it was just there. There, it, it was. It was terrible. Now, now, I, I know that this is your section of the review, and I, I, I got Dynamite and SmackDown. But can I just say something really quick? Mm-hmm. Now. Now, you guys know by now that I don't watch NXT on any sort of regular basis because what it has become is just disgusting. Okay. But but every time I tune back in, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Because they always do something so incredibly stupid. And the, and the only match that had a, a shred of interest for me going into this, which is the entire reason why I watched New Year's Evil in the first place, was um, the main event between Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller. That wasn't the main event. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and the finish with, with, the, with the rope, well, not the finish, but like what happened mid-match that was with... Bad. That was bad. That it was just it was absolutely terrible, you know. So, but go on with you with your highs and lows, and then I will uh, contribute mine. Well, my high is really gonna be only one thing. I and I have that. Um, well, no, it's gonna be two. I have the Gallus's return and uh, the twenty-woman uh, battle royal. Um, it was just, and even that Trick Williams, uh, Carmelo Hayes segment, even Carmelo told them to take the mask off. It looks ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it really is. Um, for some reason, I have um, the wrong NXT review up. Let me pull up New Year's Evil. Um, NXT New Year's Evil review. Okay. Um, so yeah, pretty much that's all I have. Like, uh, another little point I have Dime Jack and Tony D'Angelo, Tiffany Stratton's promo, 
and the bond break would be smaller because that that rope break uh, that took place. Yeah, it um, it it really took away from what I, what I assume was going to absolutely be the high point of the entire evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, because you know now I now knowing how WWE has booked road breaks in the past. Yep. I I can only assume that um that was part of the plan. I don't I don't think that um I don't think that the um the rope breaking was an unplanned thing because it, had it been unplanned I think they would have um I think they would have just called it uh one as soon as the rope actually broke. Oh okay. Um but yeah, I, I I don't understand this at all. Um, but but really, uh, that's pretty much all I've got. Um, and uh, yes, you're still looking for the 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 recap. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah, it it keeps giving me the wrong one. I don't I don't want the twenty twenty. Two one. I want the twenty twenty. No, I have a question for you. Um, are you getting tired of Braun Breaker's champion? <laughs> yes. Right. Um, the just uh, because uh, like his he has no characters. Characters just bland. Yeah. Okay. His, Here his, it is. I, fin- I finally got it. His poems are terrible. It's just, it's, he, has, he just has no characters. Yes. Well, what well, what it is is he's a, he's a much more athletic. He's a he's a version of Goldberg that can actually wrestle. That's what he that's what he is. Um, and and no disrespect to the Braun Breaker. Um, they they put him behind the eight ball with that stupid name. I'm not sure what was wrong with calling him Bronson Steiner or Rex. Steiner, because oh, Ben, he likes to break things. He likes to break people. Uh, who gives a fuck? Well, I, well, I would like to break my TV every time Vince, you know, every time Vince wants to come back on and you know, take over the board of directors. But you don't see me doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that I finally got the right review, all right. Uh, Let's start with low points because they're easier to point out. Now, I was I was very excited about Tony D'Angelo versus Dijak because I'm kind of high on both these guys. Um, I you know I'll be the first to admit that when Tony D'Angelo first started out with um, stacks and two dimes, um, I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, of course now. Now, two dimes is sleeping with the fishes over on uh, over on AEW dressing up as a fake sting, um, but uh, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, this match was just the epitome of disappointment. Mm-hmm. It, it, so that was that was a low point. There's really nothing I can say about it. It's just 
The, the most exciting part was like a false finish when uh, Dijak hit a like a choke slam spine buster kind of move. That was the the most exciting I can say about that. Um. Oh, oh and, and here is the most unexciting low point I could possibly imagine, but that's why it's a low point. The return of Jinder Mahal. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand uh, what they're doing or why they paired him with in the sheriff. I don't know. I, 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 I did find out right before we came on the air that the reason my Vera Mahan missed, uh, missed New Year's yeah, Evil was because I found um, out that too. Yeah. was because his father passed away. So yeah. um, pr- prayers go out to Vera Mahan. Um, absolutely, you know that that is absolutely terrible. Especially when you when you're that young, you know Vera is is my age. So I can only, I can, I can only imagine um, how much that must suck losing losing your father when you're in your early thirties, for God's sake. Um, that is absolutely terrible. Um, so hopefully he can come back, um, maybe next week or the week after that, and be fine. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, we didn't need gender. I would have just canceled the whole situation and not brought gender Mahal. Who, by the way, in case you forgot, ladies and gentlemen, he's the former WWE champion, the pride of India, the modern day, say it with me, Elliot, the modern day. Uh, Russia. Nobody gives a fuck about the modern day Maharaja. <laughs> I guarantee you, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Nobody gives a fuck about the modern name Maharaja. We should make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> I guarantee you we can make some money off of that. <laughs> but um until another gauntlet match. Oh, holy crap. What what did what did they just pick match types out of a hat and say this is what we're doing this week? We had a gauntlet match on Raw. We're getting a gauntlet match on NXT. But, but, but I, I did like Gallus' return. Exactly. Well, I'm a fan of Gallus. Yes, absolutely. I um and I was I was a fan of Gallus too. And if this is and take nothing away from Pretty Deadly because once you get past their r- r- ridiculous gimmick and their stupid outfits and. And don't get me wrong, folks. You you could you could you could blame a lot of wrestling outfits for being stupid. I assure you. Um, you know, we've been watching wrestling for thirty years, and my brother delights in the fact of making fun of their outfits and why the fuck are they wearing? <laughs> I couldn't agree more with him about that. But still, the, the gimmick is pretty deadly. It's fucking ridiculous. I have a question. Um, I have a question. New Day are faces, right? Yes. Why are they interacting with Pretty Deadly, who are the heels? <laughs> I don't understand. I, you know what? If I could stand up and give you an ovation at the same time, 
I would, but you know, being in a wheelchair, if I tried to stand up and clap at the same time, I'd be in the hospital. Uh, but, but, ladies and gentlemen, Elio Canella just asked a simple, logical question that NXT and the booking of John Michaels, who God bless him, is one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. Apparently, he's a wonderful human being. He can't book professional wrestling to save his life. Nope. He can't do it. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to happen. Let, let's see if we can get through this review in the next three minutes and 38 seconds here. Um, I didn't have any other high points. Um, like I said, I would have loved to have given it to Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller, but the rope break kind of took me out of the out of that match entirely. And when I say rope break, I don't mean the traditional rope break. I mean the rope literally broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, I can only assume that was done on purpose because if it was if, if it was accidental, they would have called an audible and, and done something about that. But the match continued. Um, and then, uh, you know, the only other, the only other high point for me, and I, not, not to sound like a chauvinist pig, but it, it's just Tiffany Stratton was on my screen. That was, that was nice. But, but, but other than that, there, there wasn't very much to be said about New Year's Eve. It should be added to TVME. Absolutely. All right, done. Well, and, and the fact, and on top of that, you know, she can actually wrestle. You know, she she has taken to this business like a like a fish in water. She has done very very well, and and with that, we will uh, step aside for our second commercial break before we get into Dynamite and SmackDown, and that is my section of the review. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're going to get into AEW with Ben. Ben. Elio, um, I had to tell you something, man. This, in my opinion, was the single best episode of Dynamite I think has ever been produced. Okay. This was fan-freaking-tastic. All right. And what what was fantastic? This just... um, well, we'll get into the, to the to the high points. Absolutely. Um, what a what a tr- transition. Uh, <laughs> but um, first of all, let me double check and make sure I have the the right date for the. Um, God damn it! I don't have the right date for dynamite again. What the fuck? <laughs> what, the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Is this site messed up or something? Good lord. Okay, so let me um. You want to go back to uh, last week's show? Is that why you have last week's episode up? Is that why you have last week's results up? Uh, uh, um, no, the, no. You know what? I don't know why, but but this site is weird. You know, you know what? I because I made double sure I clicked on t- today's date when I got the results up. But you know what? What date it gave me? What date did it give you? It gave me the results from November 30th of last year. Wow. Like, I don't even know what I was doing on November 30th. It's, it's just weird. So hold on. Let me, let me pull up the 
the correct date so we can we can talk about it properly. All right. Um, I mean, while you're doing that, I, if you want to give you my high points. Absolutely. Why don't you do that? So high points uh, right out. I gave the annotation John Moxley. 100%. And my other one, oh my God, Adam Cole's return. I come, I was so relieved for, for him to come back um, because I thought for sure with the um, with the nature of the injuries that he had with the repeated concussions mm-hmm. that he, he he was going to be in trouble and and what what I particularly liked about that promo um, was the fact I because I kind of expected him to go you know full heel mode with that yeah um, because th- that's what Adam Cole has always been. Um, but the fact that he was just real in that promo and he acknowledged how, you know, how close it was to being the end of his career and and, uh, and the struggles that he'd been through in, in the interim and trying to get back and the doctor's appointments and the, and the waking up and being in so much pain and, you know, and, yeah. And having to explain to his girlfriend Britt Baker, like I don't know what's going on with with me, um, you know, I that was, you know, wrestling is is something where a character is almost always being played, so it's uh, it's nice when that when the um, curtain gets pulled back sometimes, and you get to see kind of the real person. Mm-hmm. Kind of like say say hey thank you for for caring because you know I I even said on a show a while back um, when we mentioned the fact that um, Adam Cole had been out for a while and with the nature of his injuries we weren't quite sure when he was coming back you know I said you know I don't really care if he wrestles again I just want him to be good mm-hmm. um, and he, and even. Um, even Adam Cole was like, you know, I've gotten tons of messages like that. And, um, you know, it, it really meant, meant a lot to me. So just to hear, um, to hear him be human versus being a, a character, um, was, was very refreshing, especially given the, the situation that he ended up being in. So yeah, that was, that was a definite high point. Another one I gave to the, Escalera de la Muerte between the elite and death triangle, but do the elite really need to be the champions? Why couldn't they just give it, let, keep the titles on death triangle? Well, but remember, and I I agree with you hundred percent. But remember when I told you the second that that it was announced that the elite were coming back. Yeah, I, I knew that 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 they were gonna win those belts back. Oh, I know, I, I know, I know, no, I know, I knew they were gonna win. I'm just saying, do they really need to be champions? Why, for once, can they not give the tell someone else? It's not always about the elite. Because, be, because much much like the. And this is the best answer that I can come up with because I think you're absolutely right. Um, much like the TV, the TBS title on Jay Cargill, I truly believe that the 
that the trios championships were created for the elite. And, you know, we know that they were put on the elite um, very shortly before the, um, before the incident with CM Punk took place. And then all the plans got thrown out the window as a result of the, um, the uproar after the fact. So I think as soon as um, as soon as the elite were given the green light to come back, the plan was immediately put into motion to um, to um, have the belts put back on him. Because the second that it was announced, I think they even announced it um, before um, before. Um, Full gear went off the air. They announced that we're gonna have a best of seven series, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Well, then the match that just took place at full gear means absolutely nothing because because we know exactly what's gonna happen. The second the, the second you mention a best of seven series, we know it's going to seven, and we know the elite's gonna win. So. It, it, to me, it just is what it is. I will say they did a very good job with the with the um, with the matches in the in the later st- in the later stages of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were much better than than the the first four matches. I th- I think, mm-hmm. um, but especially especially this one that. This I I felt like this one was very good. Um, for what it was, and um, and you know, shout out to Kenny Omega because he said, um, one hell of a week. I've been somewhat critical of Kenny Omega in the past, um, based on some of the stuff that I've read and heard him say, uh, in interviews, um, but um, you know, for him to wrestle the quality that he did. Um, at um, at um, Wrestle Kingdom and to show up at New Year's Dash and deliver, um, and the same to Will Ospreay, like I said earlier, and then for uh, Kenny Omega to to show up and and, and wrestle in that ladder match, you know, uh, say what say what you want about him and maybe the rest of the elite, but he but he delivered in that situation, so. Um, shout out to him, and I, I don't agree to your point about, about the elite winning the belts. I wish that they had stayed on um, Death Triangle. I think that I think the titles do more for Death Triangle at this point than they do for the elite. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, with that being said, that's what the plan was all along, and that's what Tony Khan decided to do. And it was it was a good match. And, um, you know, can I say I was invested in the series? No. Um, but were they good matches? Yeah. All right. And uh, on to my low points, I have Jungle, Jungle Hook. Why? Do you see what they did there? Do you see what they did there? That play on the Jungle Book? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I swear, like, this has to be a dream because there <laughs> must possibly be a team called Jungle Hook. Yes, here they are. So the become but Hook should not be delivering a backdrop to a guy the size of Morrissey. 
No, no, it wasn't a backdrop. It was it was a straight up suplex. Alright, oh yeah, well, because I, I had stepped away, so like when I saw I saw the clip of the replay, I thought it was I thought he hit him with the backdrop, but still, he shouldn't be doing that to a guy that's on the Morrissey. How is this possible? Yeah, it didn't make it. It, it, it accomplished what they were going for for Hook, but I think it may have backfired on him because it made it made Morrissey look really dumb. And and in in both of their in both of their encounters, Morrissey has looked really dumb at the expense of Hook. Because when Hook came out to save Jungle Boy the first time, thus forming the Jungle Hook, yeah. um, you know, we, we were both saying on the on the podcast that week, why the fuck is Morrissey running away from Hook? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so it just, a lot of it didn't make sense. Um... But like I said, you know, there, there's a, there's a reason uh, that um, Hook was voted the Rookie of the Year for PWI, and I can't really com- I can't really argue with it um, based on the year that the kids had. But do I agree with him delivering a, that move to a seven foot monster and making your monster look like a piece of shit? No. Um, so in terms of um, high points and low points, for uh, me, uh, sorry, I wasn't done. My low points. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just had two more. I had the Soraya and um, Tony Storm match, and uh, but the worst of it all of the, all of them, the Jericho Appreciation Society promo because everyone was talking over everyone else throughout that whole promo. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, uh, that's all I have. 1,000% agree with you. Um, so, high point for me, number one, much like you, Heyman versus Moxley. Um, that was awesome, especially having Heyman pull out the, pull out the victory. I, I thought that was a fantastic move. Um, particularly, but... Um, Match-wise, the highest of high points for the entire show was Brian Danielson versus uh, versus Takeshita. Absolutely, I mean this this guy. If anyone needs the the rocket pack shot to him, it, it's this guy because um, Takeshita is phenomenal, and and the promo that that. Um, MJF cut on him after the match or before the match, calling him Takeshita or Takeshita. <laughs> I kind I kind of laughed. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and like I said, um, the other high point was um was the ladder match to finish off the best of seven series. Um, low points, um, much the same as yours. Um, some of this just doesn't have to be on the show. Um, I, you know, I've gone back and forth with Jericho Appreciation Society because some weeks I really like them and some weeks they just piss me the hell off. Jake um, annoys me uh, every week though with his stupid hat and I like this hat. He even wrote it on the on there. 
Well, what, but but the thing that pisses me off about Jake Hager more than more than the hat and and more than any other uh, thing that he's he's done with either the Inner Circle or or the Jericho Appreciation Society in AEW is you know whether you like it or not, Jake Hager is you know. Jake Hager is a smaller version of Brock Lesnar, but he's he's just but no, no 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 I mean that in a very good way. He is just as legit athletically. If you if you look at his college record, um, you know it. it you know, now granted, he doesn't have nearly the track record as Brock as him in MMA, but he is three and zero. Um, you know, this guy is is an athletic specimen that's been very rarely seen. And and you know granted in WWE when he was when he was scheduled to go up against um I believe it was Alberto Del Rio. Um at um I could be wrong about that, but I believe it was Alberto Del Rio. He was scheduled for a WrestleMania match and he kind of messed up because he got um arrested for a marijuana charge and his um he cost himself 250 grand in a world heavyweight title so that was remarkably stupid um and he never really recovered from that in wwe um but then you know the 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 fact of the matter is jake hager should have and should be so much bigger than he is in professional wrestling, but yet you have, whether it's through fault of his own with with the stuff in WWE or stuff that we don't know about in in AEW, or maybe he's just not on um, Tony Khan's priority list. Obviously, if he's if if his gimmick is a fucking uh, is a fucking hat, um, but but the the Jake Hager and his lack of success has always baffled me because this guy has every tool in his bag. You know, he, he, I mean, the guy looks like a fucking model. I mean, I mean, I, I'm just being honest with you. He's married to a model for fuck's sake. You know, the guy has, has every tool you could possibly imagine and and this is what he's doing. So I'm. There's got to be something that we don't know about here, or either that or Tony Khan is just fucking up with, because this this is just this is bullshit for Jake Hager. Or or the other thing, the third option is maybe he's happy with it. Maybe he's making his money. He doesn't have to wrestle very much. He just has to stand there in a fucking hat and. And who knows what he's getting paid? I I don't know. But but if it was me and I, you know, and I wasn't doing much outside of wearing a fucking, you know, floppy hat on TV, and that was, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be happy with that if if I had the stature and the accomplishments of Jake fucking Hager. Like what am I what what am I, what am I missing here? I'm, I'm I'm truly baffled by that. Yep. So you know I don't know, but 
fantastic addition of dynamite. Really, really good. Um, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in 2023 because because I feel like they're they're picking up a lot of the momentum that they lost with with Cody Rhodes leaving and the uh, and the um, and the pay per view debacle with CM Punk and the Elite and you know all that other stuff. I feel like they're finally putting that in the rearview mirror. And I, I know I know Tony Khan is having a really bad evening tonight specifically because the the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are getting their asses kicked. Uh, in a wild card round of the playoffs, um, but hopefully he'll he will uh, shaken it off to some degree on Wednesday, and we can get back to another really good edition of Dynamite. So, um, shout out to Tony Khan for doing a really good job with this one. All right, then. Uh, so that's all we have for EW. Yes, sir. Right on to SmackDown. On to SmackDown indeed. And much like Raw, this will be a very quick, um, very quick review. Um, high point um, was uh, Gunther versus Braun Strowman. Yep. Um, that, that may have been the best Braun Strowman match I've seen. I don't, I don't, but then again, I don't see how you could possibly have a bad match with with. Walter, Jeez. yeah, he, he got Braun handled. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I, it kind of made me happy because he's he was wrestling in white tight pants, you know. But 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 in but on on a serious note related to uh, Braun Strowman, and kind of a kind of a sad note as well. Um, he, the shoes that he was wearing. Um, they kind of made a big deal out of this, like the week leading up to it, and they mentioned it uh, on SmackDown last night. And they created Bay Packers. Yeah, they created those in memory of a uh, of a kid named Jordan. I forget the last name. It might have been Sparks. Uh, pardon me. I I mean no disrespect. I just didn't catch the entire name, but. Um, but the the kid's name was Jordan, and he died in in a um, in a parade shooting in over Christmas in Wisconsin, and he was only eight years old, and apparently he was a very big Braun Strowman fan. So that was a um, you know I give I give Braun Strowman a lot of shit um, on this podcast. Um, a lot of it, in my opinion, is warranted. Uh, based on his past um, actions and some of the uh, stupid stuff that has come out of his mouth um, that applies to many different friends of mine and um, a, f- a, f- a few other uh, snafus that he's had. But in all fairness, um, he did a really uh, a really stand-up thing here. Um, and... Um, with um, paying tribute to this kid, and apparently the proceeds um, that are, that are made off of these shoes are going to go to some sort of charity to um, 
in, in, in relation to um, this kid or um, or helping some sort of uh, foundation. So that was a very um, that was a very classy move, and I am I am not and I am not in the business of of bashing Braun Strowman or any particular individual. I just happen to call it the way I see it. And, um, you know, uh, on this particular night, I have something very positive to say about Braun Strowman. That was a stand-up uh, fucking move, and he had a fantastic match on top of it. So shout-out to Braun Strowman. And um, and he, 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 you did a really good thing there, buddy. And I was very um, I was very proud to, uh, to witness that. So... Uh, thank you for that, because uh, you know, because we, you know, we don't we don't see enough of that in in uh, in, in wrestling. Not, or not enough attention gets paid to to the good stuff you do, and uh, you know, and you know, podcasts like ours. And I, I've I've been guilty of this in in relation to Brian Truman, which is why I'm saying this now. I'm not backing down off of anything I said about Brian Truman in the past. Because I believe I was right when I said that stuff, and I had very good reason for doing so. Um, but I also have to give credit when when he does something very very good and 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 actually a very decent human being. So I'm I'm very glad to be able to do that tonight. So good on you, buddy. I appreciate that very much. What I, what I did not appreciate. What I absolutely did not appreciate oh, yeah. was was Zio Lee's match. Good oh. God. Yeah. Zio, I have a long point. Zio Lee versus Tegan Knox. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, Elio. I was very excited when Tegan Knox came back to WWE. Um, you know, I, I have very fond memories of her and Dakota Kai and NXT. I'm like, okay, they're going to get this. This is a very solid piece to the women's division. You know, and then, you know, God knows what the fuck they're doing with Zia Lee. She, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I'm surprised she hasn't been fired, uh, you know, at, at this point, based on how she's being used. Um but uh, this match was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, a lot of points. But another high point I have is the Bray Bray Wyatt segments. Really, and um, what what particularly made that a high point for you? Let me let me ask you that. I don't know. I, just, uh, I kind of missed that at either world, which I think we're gonna get at the Royal Rumble. I think we're gonna get that Bray back because uh, at the end of it, he, we saw that little uh, snippet of every time he used to say "run" and it would uh, flash that uh, his uh, white family uh, uh, video snippet. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and um, if if they end up going in that direction, I think that could be cool. Um, the issue that I'm having with Braun or with I'm sorry, I saw Braun Strowman on the brain. Did you get to stop that? Um, the, the issue that I'm having with Bray Wyatt right now is that his um, his his promos 
He's very good at them, but he's been back for the better part of three months now, and we haven't gotten him in the ring. Oh, I just, I just had a thought. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. See, uh, my my co-host is allergic to the storyline so far. They need to speed it up, the baby. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I just, um, I just had a thought. Uh, with regards to the pitch black uh, match that they're having the rumble. Yes. Now it we haven't seen the Firefly Funhouse character since Extreme Rules. Could they make an appearance in the Rumble? I um, hope so. Pitch black I, match, uh, you never know. I certainly hope so. I think that I think that this would be the perfect avenue to uh, reintroduce them. Yep. Because we haven't heard anything f- about them since uh, Extreme Rules. Absolutely, and which was Huskus was the creepiest out of all of them, and Huskus and then Mercy the Buzzard. Yeah, I I agree absolutely, and um, and uh, the rabbit was also quite creepy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you the the ra- the rabbit died more times than Kenny from South Park. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who killed Kenny? Who killed the rabbit? <laughs> um, my, uh, but, but two of my little points, I have, uh, okay, the Rey Mysterio segment was just there, but Liv Morgan and Raquel. Oh, God. That was another low point. Can we just uh, stop? Just stop. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But, I don't, I, don't, I mean, I get the fact that they kind of destroyed um, with Morgan, yeah, well, Vince did that before he left the company, and he should have stayed the fuck away. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I promise we weren't going to mention that again. I got, I got a bad vision in my head again. Sorry. Um, but um, you, you know, but this this new quote unquote extreme version of Liv Morgan, um, and. You know, I, I don't get it. And now that it seems that Alexa Bliss is coming back and this will fall with Bray, and why would Liv Morgan be involved in it? So I'm not really sure what this whole gimmick is with her. It's just, it's not working, so. And my only side note, I liked that Charlotte song that they'll pull apart brawl backstage. I, I did too, actually. I, I um... I did too. I mean, they we they came back from commercial. Now suddenly they uh, cut to the back and there's a brawl. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what, what, what is going on here? Well, and um, it made sense because you know, excuse me, uh, because Sonya Deville, you know, she just um had had that conversation um with my fellow peers and um, you know, she was trying to get another title match and obviously he wasn't just going to grant it to her and she had to find a way to, um, you know, go over his head. So this is kind of her way of nudging um, Charlotte Flair in her desired direction. Um, well, no, but that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I was like, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was just like, I, I, it came out of nowhere. It was just like, because one minute she's talking to Adam Pierce, the next I was seeing this pull apart brawl backstage. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that myself. Okay, and um, 
Uh, do we have anything else for SmackDown? Uh, can I just say the, the the way the main event ended was oh. brilliant. Yeah, the main event that was another high point. Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. Because the whole thing was was Sammy is again trying to prove himself, even though by all accounts he has proved himself. But because of the fact that Roman Reigns has pulled this reverse psychology on him last week by apologizing to Sammy, now Sammy feels like he owes it to Roman to um, to take care of the quote unquote Kevin Owens problem, and then and then he and then Roman sends out the Usos to assist. Um, Sammy in doing so, but Sammy clearly didn't want them to, but has to play along with it because he's the bloodline. But yet you can see all over his face that he he doesn't want to do Kevin like that. So, like you can kind of see how they're 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 leading they're leading you in that direction that we all know is going to go. But they're not quite doing it the way that we thought they were going to do it. Yeah. Because you know, because we, we all thought that the beginning of the end was going to be at um at um the uh, Survivor, Survivor Series match. Yeah. But they didn't go that way. And then you know I I saw online that several people thought that um last night was going to be the beginning of the end. And it certainly looked like it was going to go that way. Didn't end that way. So can they draw this out to, to WrestleMania? I'm not sure. Um, but I'm willing to let them give it a shot because the bloodline is the best thing they got from a storytelling perspective. Now, the other part of that, bringing my fellow Pierce back into the conversation for a minute, is... Um, he had a backstage conversation with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus um, earlier on in uh, SmackDown last night, um, where he announced that um, that um, Jimmy and Jay will be defending the SmackDown titles and just the SmackDown titles, and that. Uh, Drew and Sheamus have been entered into a tournament to determine who will challenge him for the SmackDown titles. Now, my question, and in all fairness, this was a question that was popping up all over the place after this announcement took place, but it was a perfectly logical question to ask, which is why I'm going to ask it here. If if the titles could have always been separated into into you know individual challenges, then why hasn't Roman Reigns been defending the belt on, on both shows? Like mm-hmm. like if we can do that with the tag team belts, which which logically should have been taking place well before this. But if you can all of a sudden pull it out of your ass on SmackDown, then why can't we pull? Then why can't we do that at any point over the last two plus years 
with the with the world with the world titles, so that both Raw and SmackDown can have a world title, and you can still have Roman Reigns. Now I I don't like. Now let me make this clear before I even complete that sentence. I still don't agree with the fact that Roman Reigns has both titles, but it, but if you're gonna say now on SmackDown that. The titles can be split into separate challenges while, you know, while, you know, the same team holds with titles, then why can't that same logic apply to Roman? And then this whole argument that we've had over the mon- the monopolization of two titles is much less pro- prominent over the last two years if you just do that. Like... You know, so like, do I like it? Yeah, but it it's just it it brings up too much, too much in terms of a logic gap. Like, if you're doing it now, why can't you? Why couldn't you've been doing that all along? Wouldn't that have benefited your company to begin with? Because especially on the raw side of things, even though specifically now we're talking about the SmackDown tag team titles. If you could have split, if you could have split titles and have people challenge for one versus challenging for both titles when facing Roman, then you know, Raw still could have had a, a world title, and Roman still could have been the champion on both shows if that's what you wanted to do. Even though I just disagree with that, and and then and then you wouldn't have to have a U.S. title who's who's had to be drastically resuscitated since Triple H took over creative as the number one title on Raw. So just with one promo last night, you exposed yourself. In less than five minutes, you just exposed your whole problem that you've had over the last two years. (laughs) Like, so do I like it? Sure, sure. But they should have been doing this all along. So I don't know. All right. Uh, so that's all we have for SmackDown. Yeah. All right. Then we're going to go into commercial before we uh, get into all the fun stuff. Okay. Very good. All right. We're back now that we've got the weekend wrestling out of the way. Ben, we're going to have some fun here. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, before that, I think we should do, should do some plugs. Before we get into everything. Yes, why why don't you do that? So PC Progression Wrestling Podcast, you can find this show on iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio. And TuneIn Radio. And Amazon Music. Yes, and, and I mentioned iHeartRadio specifically because for the first time uh, ever in my recollection, we actually have measurable analytics from iHeartRadio over the last 30 days or so. So, yeah. um, bring that up on next week, or do you want to? Do you have them right now? Oh, what? What? No, I, the, I don't have numbers, but the, I have percentages from um, iHeartRadio. Apparently. Um, from the last 30 days, they account for like 3.2% of our overall, uh, listenership. So, 
Um, Sorry, so then, say it again. I didn't hear that. Like, um, so over the last 30 days, apparently iHeartRadio accounts for 3.2% of our overall listenership. And that I only say that because that's the first time that I've ever seen iHeartRadio pop up in our analytics as having any measurable, you know, um, uh, measurable numbers for us to look at. Wow. All right, cool. And of course, you can find myself along with Tony Diaz and Clay, the $50 man Clay Cummings, every Saturday on Wrestling POV. That's available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and now Amazon Music. And on occasion, we are joined by my co host on this show, Ben Pierce. I'm still waiting for my next invitation. <laughs> uh, we're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> All right, and uh, so now we uh, now we uh, got the plugs out of the way. We are going to get into the front stuff. Ben, I've been doing this tournament on my TikTok. This was some random one because I had to replace the one I originally had because that was just painful. I even gauged uh, rhymed off that list. Oh God. That one that you were saying was really painful. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I confess, ladies and gentlemen, even I was like, we can't do that one. This is this is brutal. Oh, so then, so we decided to go with the most underrated feud. And now I don't have the matches. I only have the winner in front of me. And the winner of the most underrated feud tournament is Proud and Powerful versus the Best Friends. Oh, well, in my opinion, that's a shitty result, but thank you for uh, voting. (laughs) However, we have our next one set up. Now, I have all the names in my little randomizer here. This is from the list that I originally wanted to do before we settle on the most underrated feud. We were going to do who is the greatest sports entertainer. They're not necessarily the greatest wrestler, but they're a great sports entertainer. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the randomizer here and whichever name pops up is the first match. We're not going to do it the way I always do where I do top versus bottom. So we do random names. Are you ready? Uh, Yes, absolutely. All right, so here we go. The first one. And who will it be? And we have Scott Steiner. Oh, good lord. <laughs> oh, no, no. Elio, I'm just going to say this. Don't make me do any Steiner math on this podcast or over on your TikTok. Don't do it. And <laughs> well. All right, you know what, though? I'm going to um, cut it down because the maximum number of uh, seconds for the duration of the of the shuffle is uh nine so i'm gonna cut it down to three all right who will scott steiner be facing in the first round okay oh okay so it'll be scott steiner versus dusty Rhodes. oh damn wow right up okay all right so the next match Will be Road Warrior Animal 
and he will be facing Bill Goldberg. Can, can you please do us a favor, Animal, and kick Bill Goldberg's ass? <laughs> and of course, we always have a buy in these tournaments if it's an odd number of matches. Which in this case it is because we have there. It's always uh, ten names on the, on here. So let me go and uh, delete the ones that we already have written down, so we don't get them again. So animal, Scott Steiner, um, Bill Goldberg, and Dusty Rhodes. All right. So now we are going to. Do the next. Who gets to buy in the in the left brackets? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh God. Whoever wins in the in the two matches between Steiner Rhodes and Animal Goldberg has to face Steve McMichael. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> All right. I mean, wow, this truly is a randomizer, folks. We didn't say they were the greatest wrestlers, we said they were the greatest sports entertainers. Exactly. So, so we can get rid of Steve McMichael? Uh, yeah, I would say. Please don't vote for fans. <laughs> All right, let's do the right side now. What will the first match be? All right, Lex Luger. Oh, God. <laughs> Who is Lex Luger going to be facing? Let's see. I'm waiting with bated breath here, folks. Oh, okay. Lex Luger and Sid Vicious. Oh, well, that's a decent, um, that's a decent face-off. All right. All right, now we do the final match. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And who does Hacksaw Jim Duggan have in the first round? Let's see. Oh, he can't wrestle himself. Well, I don't think so. Oh, all right. Um, Axel Jim Duggan versus the Road Warrior Hawk. Good one. All right. And so let's delete the these four. So Hawk, Luger, Duggan, and Vicious. And who gets the, who will get the buy? in this, in the right brackets. How do we decide that? Why the same way with the randomizer. Ah, very good. And it is Kevin Nash. Ah, okay. <clears throat> you know what, actually, um, one uh, actually, 
sorry, um, there appears to be an extra name in there. That shouldn't be there. So, you know what? We're going to have an extra match on the right side, and uh, Steve McMichael will keep his uh, bye into the next round. So, Kevin Nash's opponent in the first round will be Hulk Hogan. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Not a, not a repeat of the finger poke of death. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do this match because I'm curious to, to see uh, who fans pick. Oh, you, you people on TikTok kill me with uh, some of the numbers I get on these uh, matches. Oh, dear. So there you have it. Who is the greatest sports entertainer? Ben, you want to make your picks right now for these matches? Sure. All right. Scott Steiner, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. All right. Animal and Goldberg. Animal. Wow, okay, so that puts uh, Animal versus Goldberg. I mean, Animal versus Steiner. All right. And on the right side, we have Luger and Vicious. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go with uh, with Luger. All right, and we have Jim Duggan and Hawk. Hawk. Wow, Alex Luger versus Road Warrior Hawk, okay. And then Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. Um, just out of, out of respect, I'll go with uh, Kevin Nash. All right. So, because this is a little bit odd with the extra name, I'm going to do the winner of the Steiner Animal Match faces... See McMichael and the winner of that match will face the winner of Hogan and uh, Nash. Just make it fair. Okay. So Sounds good. We have Steiner and Animal, and who do you have for that one? Um, Animal. All right. So Animal will face off with Steve McMichael, and of course you have Animal. Of course. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no one's going to go with Mongo. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Uh, let me just add the name, the brackets. So we have Steiner, an animal. And then we have animal defeating McMichael. So he moves on to the next round. All right. So on the on the right side, you have Luger and Sid. I mean, no, yeah, we we didn't do it. Yeah, Luger. And, okay. So you have uh, Luger and um, you said Duggan. Um. Say Hawk. No, I said I said I think I said Hawk. Yeah. Okay, so we have, uh, you said Luger and, okay, so Luger and Hawk. Well, I, I would have to go with Hawk on that one. All right. So we have Hawk. And we have Hogan and Nash, and you said you went with Nash? Yep. All right. 
So, fans, we'll be back in a second. I'm just going to fix this up. All right, so I've set to uh, so I've set to uh, fix the brackets here, so not so it's not all a mess here. All right, so on the right side we have Lex Luger versus Hawk. Uh, Hawk for sure. All right, so Hawk faces off with Kevin Nash. Um, I. I would have, well in a, in a singles match I'm gonna have to go with Kevin Nash. All right. So the our finals will be at Road Warrior Animal versus Kevin Nash. Um. Oh God. Um. You know you know what I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go with um. Well, based on the same logic I just used, I'm gonna have to go with Kevin Nash. So I don't know about I don't know about I don't know about animal outside of a tag team environment. Say again. Based on the same logic I just used, I'm gonna have to go with um, Kevin Nash because I don't know about animal outside of a tag team environment. All right, so there we go ben's got kevin nash winning this tournament so i'm gonna put these together and we'll have the results uh for you uh either next week or the following week because uh these are usually numbers come in pretty fast on these uh matches cool so like if i put them up uh one day next day i'll probably i'll already have numbers then i just go on to the next one the next round very good. Thanks. All right. And uh, now that we got that one done, um, then we'll be back in like a second. I'm going to get that video set up for the Hall of Fame thing. Okay, very good. All right, Ben. So I found this video on TikTok. Uh, this person I follow called JB Wrestling Fan for Life. And uh, he gave his um, list of names he'd like to see in the Hall of Fame. Right. Are you ready for this? I don't know. <laughs> All right, here we go. I would love to see in the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame. Can you hear it? Maga, yeah. Ms. Elizabeth, Pauly Dangerously, The Midnight Express, Doublelation, The Killer Bees, Sid Justice, Duke, The Dumpster, Rosie, Sean Mooney. What? Well, out, outside of the last two, it's not bad. I don't know if we're going to get multiple tag teams in the same uh, year. But I don't know what criteria he was following there or what structure. Um, I have no idea. When I heard this, I'm like, I got to play this for Ben. I got to get uh, his thoughts on this list. Well, yeah, the only, the only two bad names were... Uh, you know, Duke the Dumpster and, um, Sean, Sean Mooney. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if Sean Mooney's a bad name, but it, I don't, I also don't know if he's Hall of Fame level. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, is that, is that, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's a uh, Hall of Fame though. Yeah. I, I don't know. So I would. <laughs> All right, so um, 
We have that one done, and um, Ben, we have wrestling roulette. All right, very good. I'm just gonna pull up. Well, I ha- I I have a teaser pulled up right now. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna pull up the playlist, and here we go. All right, Ben, are you ready for wrestling roulette? Uh, yes, sir. All right, so the way this works, I play 21 themes, 10 seconds, and my co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yep. Here we go. No, that is Wolfgang. Oh, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it might have been the Drifter theme. All right, here are track two. Uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, yes. All right, track three. Viva la raza! I lie, I steal. I Eddie Guerrero. Yes, Eddie Guerrero. All right, here we go. That is Drew Gulak. When's the last time we saw him on TV? On New Year's Eve. When, when, when was he on? Right? This, past, this past Tuesday. No, I, I, but, but I didn't even see him, and I watched the show. It was weird. Oh well, no. This week was a recap, but like he was on uh, the week before. He was doing an in-ring invitational. Oh, God. They gave the Timothy Thatcher role. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right, here we go, number five. Um, not sure. We've never had this. That is Rick Boogs. Oh, damn. And he hasn't been back since WrestleMania. I gotta go back and hear that one because I don't know. That sounded pretty good. All right, here we go. I know I'm not getting off to a good start here as usual, but I don't know. That is Drew uh, Gulak's other theme when he was doing that whole uh, uh, election uh, character. Oh, God. So that's track six or seven, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to get off to a good start when you have two, wonder, Drew, is that two Drew Gulak themes. 
That was track six, yeah. Track six, all right. You want number seven? Was that Molly Holly? That's Molly Holly, yes. All right, here we go. So you know you're gonna pass on that one. Yeah. That's uh actually that's Boss Mahoney. Oh boy, Lord. I told you I threw in these just to shake shake up the list so we don't get like uh repeated. No, I got it. We're good. Here we go. I'm gonna suck this week. Um, I really have no idea. Do you remember that tag team teachers pets? No. Uh, Casey James and Idol Stevens. Oh, were they the ones with Michelle McCool? Yeah. Yes. No. Okay. So that was teachers pets. Here we go. Drag ten. Breaker. No. That is Perry Sadder. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Next one. American Dream. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove that I'm not illiterate, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, okay, that's number 11? Yeah. All right. All right, here we go. Number 12. I don't know, Colonel Mustafa, I have no idea. No, that is the Truth Commission. Oh. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to make a statement here. <laughs> you know, usually if I suck at this game at any particular week, I can easily take the blame for that. But but this week I'm not going to because this has got to be the most random motherfucking edition of wrestling roulette <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I don't have one. That is gorgeous, one. George. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Here we go, number 14. The Ascension? No, that is Mike Awesome. 
That's his WCW theme. All right. Well, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? I'm okay. feeling you. I'm feeling you'll get the next one. Body does. Oh shit! Sorry, Chris. Sorry. I right, hear you. Uh, Kid Cash. No, that is a pit bulls. This is a madcap moss. Who gives a fuck? All right, whatever. Next. Wait, come on. You, you have to get the next one. Come on. Is Dakota Kai. Oh, shit. <laughs> this right, is not yeah. going well. We have three more. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, here we Track 19. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Yes. Yay, right. I got one. <laughs> Track 19, you on track 20, you ready? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Her nanny hoedown. <laughs> okay, that's the blues, the blue brother. <laughs> I, well, you know, the Harris brothers had all sorts of shitty gimmicks, didn't they? <laughs> all right, here's your last one, Ben. Are you ready? Yes. Trust me. Oh, God bless the year of the snake, Jake Roberts. Holy shit. Jake Roberts, sorry. That was physically fucking painful. <laughs> that okay, well, you know, you'll, you'll do better next week, I know. <laughs> Good lord, that had to be the all-time worst position. Oh, we, we were all over the place there. What's going on? <laughs> but in my defense, that was all over the place. <laughs> all right, so Ben, we see we show to a close. Absolutely, sir. All right, good show, sorry. Good show, despite the anti-climatic ending. All right, fans, that is it. 
another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night to the fans, and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see you on Sunday, I think. Uh, next Sunday. Welcome to the-